Everybody, this is her fantasy football podcast coming from the New Media Expo in Las Vegas. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Lee. And we are so lucky to have Jay Soderberg with us, also known as the Pod Vader. Pod Vader, yes. Hello. Thank is that you. the real Pod Vader, real, right? Hey, and congratulations wow. to oh, you. Oh, thank you. Oh, I forgot. It's in my bag. Oh, I you should get it. I brought it with me. We we asked Jay to come with all of with all of his awards so we can like place them up here, kiss them, rub them, you, rub know, them, you know, the huge, sleep with them, sleep with right. them. But you're gonna sleep with that Absolutely. every night, right? I, I almost tweeted that. out a selfie of me sleeping oh, with it last night. Just, <laughs> just I, you and the trophy. Oh, I, I just sort of I sort of passed on that. You though. passed on it, unfortunately. It is it is number six. It is six. That's true. Six. Yeah. yeah. I was I was wondering if they were gonna update it on the site last night. Like real time, because it no. said five time, and then I was like, oh no no, no. six time no. podcast award winner. We're we're not that quick. Not that quick yet. <laughs> you we're know, not well, Wikipedia. No. <laughs> I think they're gonna rename the category just the real Pod Vader. And to the Pod Vader category. Yeah, and everyone else. That's. What I like the idea. <laughs> this yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. I love this idea. I don't. I have a feeling Nate and Matthew would have a problem with that. They're like barely. Well, they have a problem with everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. That's the show. Yeah. So that's okay. All right. <laughs> You're the producer. Oh, you listen to yeah. this. Wow. I can't wait to play this for the guys. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> but, like, this is the way you're supposed to treat yeah. your producer. This is how you're supposed to interact. Are mm. you kidding? We're crying for a producer. Like, <laughs> well, Jay, we're ladies. If nothing else, we're polite? No, <laughs> no, it's not no, 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 not at all. And you'll see because we're about to kick you off. Uh, no, no. Oh, just, kidding. just kidding. Just kidding. Here we You're go. For a little bit. Uh, and you got second. Is that correct? Second in uh, your manly this year? I finished second this year in the man's Very league. Very good. Congrats. Very good. Oh, How many other leagues you. are you in? I played in, well, I say three and a half. The <laughs> nice. half nice. The half league is really uh, my son Zach's league, where he's, he's 10 years old. Oh. So, <laughs> I, so you're I, beating up on kids. Is that uh, what you're saying? Well, I'm not, but I'm, you know, it's sort of, it's meant to be a family league. So Jay's not, but the real Pod Vader is. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's how it works. Exactly. It's like Candyland all over again. My father would not beat me. And in the very end, he'd be like, I just wanted to teach you the lesson not everyone wins. And I'm like, it's Candyland, Dad. <laughs> Gosh. I don't think you understand. I do this with Ava, too. I crush her in every single game. Excellent. I don't let her win. No. 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 Never. Never. And she cries and I'm like good remember this feeling and don't ever let it happen to you again (laughs) (laughs) that's parenting yes yes agreed that's good I mean I'll never play Candyland again but I mean it's it's fine she might be traumatized for life so I have a question so how did you get into sports in general I'm a boy I'm a boy (laughs) it's like you know it's kind of like all boys apparently are born with this right no I um Absolutely. I, I, can definitely, a, I know some that are not. I, I like to cook and clean, right, And I ladies? tend to date I them, mean, and it's very tragic. <laughs> I, actually, actually, I think if you asked my dad, he'd say I was a late bloomer because I really didn't get really hardcore into football until I was about 10 or 11, where my own son, Zach, got into football, like, almost immediately, as soon as he was born. He was like... He came out oh, with what? a helmet on. He was like, Dada, football? Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. <laughs> and, and, like, what's great about you guys is Ava is not you guys. Ava could care less about, about football. football. 
but you know, there's still time with her. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. my daughter used to carry around five purses and wear high heels at one. And now she prays for Peyton Manning and is like, yeah, let's go. And she even cheers for the Jaguars. So, you know, like yeah. she's a dedicated football fan. To cheer for the Jaguars, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to, like, really like football. She likes to play Jaguar. We don't want to break her heart and be like, you don't want to do that, sweetie. No. Yeah. No. 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 That's going to lead to disappointment. Yeah. yeah. No. So like, how did that, your sports love, turn into podcasting? Or was it... Do you want the short story or the long one? Well, short story. We only got you for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, the short story is I had absolutely no intention of being in sports broadcasting. None at all. I thought I was going to be the next Howard Stern. I went to Emerson College to learn all about radio and television broadcasting. And my thought process was I'm going to get on a radio station and I'm just going to kill it. And the thing is, is when I was all by myself and you put me behind a mic... I didn't kill it. <laughs> hey. Didn't kill it at all. Yeah. Uh, and I was working, um, I was a year out of college, and I was working in a, uh, a tape duplication store. Oh. Right now, everyone's looking at me like, what's a tape? <laughs> so and, why are, and why are they duplicating them? Because that doesn't exist tape? anymore. Uh, I didn't actually duplicate the tapes. That was what was even worse about my job at the tape duplication store after I graduated from this prestigious communications school. And uh, one of my former professors walked in and said, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I'm making ends meet. Like and so he's like, well, would you like a job in what you studied? And I was like, yes, that would be nice. That'd be nice. Thank you. And so he, uh, he's like, well, I can hook you up with NPR or I can hook you up with the Christian Science Monitor. NPR, NPR, well, he said NPR is a little bit more, uh, NPR is a little bit more steady, but they pay a lot less. The Christian Science Monitor is gonna pay you a lot more. So, being 22 years old, which one do you think I picked? More. The one that pays me more. Yeah. And I worked for them for a year and then they went, uh, they went bankrupt. So, I was out of a job. And I went and wrote ski reports, and a guy at the ski report place was doing updates on ESPN radio. And I said, I see that on ESPN all the time. Where is it? I like, I don't hear it. I don't hear ESPN radio anywhere. And uh, I was like, are they looking for people? He's like, yeah, they're actually going to expand to like a 24-hour network. They're looking for lots of people. I was like, well, can you give him my resume? And he's like, yeah. And he gave it to the right person, and the right person ended up calling me six months later. But called me, called and me, then yeah. good enough. And then I got into ESPN. That was 15 years ago. Wow, it's all about timing, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Isn't wow. it amazing that 16 years ago they didn't do this 24 hours? Yeah. Like how much it's changed in just what you know, not even two decades. And that's the thing. Sports is, and it's still growing. Like everything oh, yeah. about sports is just rising crazy fast. And you know, and podcasting is right there with it. And I'm glad I'm on that train. Absolutely. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Train. You're in a good place to be. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Uh, you know, one of the things that actually made us laugh out loud and cry was when the question with the show prep. And they're like, we don't prep at all. Yeah, no, Matthew Berry and Nate Rabbits yeah. were, were there. my soul died. I was yeah. like, oh, God, I And we thought, um, we have hours and hours of prep. But I thought the more astute answer I think came from Matthew later where he said, you know, it's zero hours or it's 80 hours because this is my job. This is what I do, which I think is a little more realistic. But let's talk about your prep for the show. We, we're we self-produced, so we don't have a producer. So could you maybe talk about what you do as far as 
you know, do you work actually with the stats? Do you work with the news? Do you do it all and put it together with the structure? How does that work? Uh, you sort of hit it right at the end there. I, one of the advantages of working at ESPN is having all these different departments that share information across all of our platforms. So I get, I come in in the morning and I get a nice sheet that's all laid out with all the daily headlines of the day. And we also get a stats and information sheet every single day. And I, my, how I feel my job is, is to give all of the information to my hosts, no matter how minuscule. So, you know, that's why Eric Chavez is the greatest baseball player of all time. Because it, <laughs> it was on one of my notes to Nate and Matthew. Like but, uh, so yeah, I come in at about five o'clock every morning and I put in about a half hour to 45 minutes of prep time for every show that I work on. And, uh, and yeah, and I give them as much, I, I just, take all the information that I get and make sure that I'm separating it sports specific so that so that the appropriate hosts have the appropriate amount of information and, and sometimes you host or which show do you produce uh, we're letting you plug yourself here that's such you're a, welcome plug it. Plug yeah, it. That's such a great <laughs> well it, it's such a great question because I produce so many of them <laughs> Uh, I really yeah. do. We we have 22 original podcasts, and I have my fingers, my fingerprints are are somewhere on all of them. Wow. But I don't. I'm not as heavily involved in some as I am with others. The fantasy focus one, I'm the sole producer for that show. Football today, I'm the sole producer. Uh, and then there's other podcasts that I've shared producing roles with others. Great. Wow. Well, if you were to have a podcast other than sports. Or tapes. What would it be? <laughs> uh, I, again, I thought I was going to be the next Howard Stern when I came out of school. I'm not saying that my content would be Howard Sternish, but I find what I find fascinating when I read the news or I watch the news are like all the little stories and how they relate back to history and time. You know. One of the reasons why, when I when I do my picks on Fridays, I'm always reading the dating back to you know 1964 when Love the this. NFL wasn't yeah. relevant, is because if you don't understand your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And there are you know as irrelevant as that stat might actually be, you can see actual trends with teams that, while they can't necessarily be explained, do exist. Like. The Bengals have lost five, <laughs> five playoff games since 1990. Like, now next year you can't go back and say, well, the Bengals haven't won a playoff game since 1990, so there's no way they're going to win no another way. playoff game. But at the same time, <laughs> if Marvin Lewis is still the head coach, you kind of have to look at that and go, there's a little bit of a trend there. Yeah. That's how, like, Philip Rivers always plays well in Mile High. Trust us, we're Broncos always, fans. Yeah, we well in him. December, too. Mm. Yeah, so we always are like, oh, no, he's going to win. Oh, he's the worst kind of Christmas gift, isn't I'm, he? I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of rooting hard for Phillip Rivers this week. No. No. Well, because... You're just being mean-spirited now. Well, because the Chargers, the Chargers would then come to Foxborough, because I assume the Patriots oh. will take care of the Colts without any difficulty. No difficulty, huh? No. No faith in luck. No. <laughs> I've wow. got a Ridley story for you. No, just <laughs> oh, it's good. So you've said you have so many podcasts that you have or do produce right now. 
which one's your favorite? And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've produced. You can't you can't ask me to pick oh, yeah. amongst no, my children. Absolutely. Parents have favorite children. Have they are, oh, no, it's, no, true. That's it's not, not me. True. No. It's true. I'm not the favorite. That's not true. Yeah, I love my favorite. I love all my children equally. They they're all equal. Uh, I don't I don't pick favorites between any of them. Well, even. you heard it, guys. Men cannot give straight answers. There it is. <laughs> there it is. How about one that's not one that you produce? Just one that you listen to. That way one, you don't have to it's choose. It's the one I'm on right now, of course. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, there we which go. Is Her Fantasy Football. Follow us on Twitter at Her Fantasy FB. <laughs> there you go. I like to plug our own show. There it yeah. is. I like uh, it. So here's the other thing about ESPN. Your resources are bananas. So let's talk about guests. Sure. Who's your favorite guest? And maybe it's a player, maybe it's not, but who was someone that you were like, wow, it was really fun to have them in the booth? Well, for me, it was it was surreal having the wrestlers come into the studio and like, dude, that's Hulk Hogan sitting down next to me. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's The Rock sitting next to me. That'd be great. And Did you touch them a lot? Just I like, didn't. Hey, like a little <laughs> arm touch and rubbing. Just I'm, I am, I... No. He's like, I'm a man. Shut <laughs> <No>. down. <laughs> fly, fly. But <laughs> I would have touched his hair. But what I well, what what I found fascinating was John Cena was also in the studio. And when you watch these guys on TV, they they seem larger than life. They seem superhuman. Yeah. And then when they're sitting next to you, like they're they're really not. They're not as big as they appear on television. And, and I was like fascinated by that. The other thing that was strange is the actual tallest guest that I have ever had on one of my podcasts was Chris Villanueva, uh, one of the basketball players. He's like 6'11". However, to my perception, the tallest guest that we have ever talked to was Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. That dude is gigantic. Huge, right? They say he's 6'6". I doubt it. I I seriously think he's 7' tall. That That's kid is giant. He is ginormous. Is he? He's kind of bigger. He's he's totally Not bigger. Not so lanky. Uh, no. Plus, you don't want to look at that face. You just no. turned that body. You're like, oh, you're too tall. The <laughs> other the other thing that's fun. And and when you come to realize why certain people had such success in their careers at certain positions, is Jerry Rice isn't very tall. No. And he's very svelte. And you go and you shake his hand. It envelops my entire <laughs> forearm. The, his hand is gigantic. Really? It just, wow. like, covers my entire forearm. I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Like, you have big hands. You're going to catch a football pretty easily. Oh. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't think he was that tall. But, yeah, he's, like, the best ever. Yeah, he's yeah. not. I don't, if I'm not mistaken, I don't even believe he's six foot. Or he's right at six feet tall. So he's not. He, he wasn't the tallest wide receiver, and he'll he'll be the first one to tell you he wasn't the fastest either. No. But uh, it's all in the hands. Yeah, it was all in the hands and it was all in the brain because he'll outwork you. That's for sure. Yeah, I love it. Very cool. Very cool. So, question for you. So, we are Broncos fans. We come from. It's been a great year for the Broncos this year. But when we, doing, we can't all be good people. <laughs> but when you're doing your prep work, because you are a Patriots fan. How hard is it for you to not kind of put that personal bias in there? I mean, obviously this year there's only one viable starter every year, which is, of course, Steven Goskowski. But <laughs> um, so how do you find that hard in your prep work? Uh, and feel free to yell at me for that comment. No, because <laughs> it was Goskowski? true. <laughs> it yeah. is true. Although Edelman came on strong oh, at the good. end of the season. Um, it's, I, don't think you, I don't think you do. I think you embrace it, and I think 
that makes you more relevant and more real to your fans that will end up listening to you. But you got to own it, and you have to let your fans know that you're owning it. So I, I, at the beginning of the season, I was telling everyone, like, you're going to draft Tom Brady. You're not going to sit here and tell me you're not drafting Tom Brady. You're not going to sit here and tell me Tom Brady's not a top-five quarterback in the NFL, even though he wasn't. Nope. You know, sure you know, sure I was and Giselle was pissed. I, I, I wholeheartedly have owned the fact that I was the idiot that told everyone to go draft Zach Sudfeld because he was the greatest thing on sliced bread at Sudbury. tight end. And, you know, it turned out that he didn't quite understand how to play the position that well. Oops. <laughs> Turns but, out. But I wasn't the only one. And that was no. and that was what was sort of that's what's been. It's not. I guess frustrating is the right word. It's frustrating for me as a Patriots fan watching the Patriots and seeing what they do and how they do it differently every single game. So I don't care how good of a fantasy analyst you are, Matthew Barry, <laughs> but the Patriots do something different every single game. You can't sit there and say Stephen Ridley is a must-start because you don't know. I guarantee you this weekend you're going to see a lot of Stephen Ridley, but... You can't sit there and say, well, based on what? Yeah. I can't. I can't tell you based you on anything. You can see a lot of Vereen. You can see a lot of Blunt. I mean. So all you, can do, all you can do is look at, again, past performances and make your best guess. And that's really all fantasy is anyway. Well, since you've been doing this for so long, with the women increasing, increasingly coming to fantasy football, how has that changed your producing or your writing or whatnot to get more women involved? There's more women involved in fantasy football. I didn't, <laughs> this is this is an interesting fact to me. <laughs> Six million plus as of 2011. <laughs> That's uh, no. Um, it. Uh, I truthfully, I don't change it because no. I feel like the I feel like the message that we we at ESPN deliver is uh, is is targeted to everyone. It's not meant to alienate yeah, any sure. any person. And we've often said that we we want more women to become more involved and more engaged in our content and in fantasy because, let's face it, guys love girls that love football. Like until they we might, beat them and then they don't like us. Right. right. Well, don't you know? Don't don't join the fantasy leagues with them. But you know, <laughs> but that's the best part is to beat down one of your guy friends. We were we were we were having a conversation the other day just out here in in the hall and. Uh, one of my good friends, Rob Sesternino, was like, it's so refreshing to have a conversation with, with women about football because normally I feel like I have to politely change That's the topic. That's politely change the topic. I love that. That awesome. <laughs> So good. At least he's a gentleman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Well, and you know, thank you for coming in. And we want to finish out talking to you about fantasy football advice. I mean, you've been playing. Like, what would you say to people is, like, your biggest fantasy football advice my, I, I said this to somebody once before on another fantasy podcast, and that's listen to us, but listen to them too. And listen to them, and listen to them, and gather as much information as you possibly can so that you can make your own dedicated choice. Don't just blindly follow what Matthew Barry is saying. Don't blindly follow what Nate Rabbits is saying. Don't, obviously, don't follow what I'm saying. <laughs> No. But, but, you know, but gather everybody's opinion and then form your own opinion based on that. And the more information you can get, the better your, your guess is going to be. It's all a guess in the end of the day. That's really like all it is. I had that conversation with my husband because that's all he does every day is get everybody's opinion on fantasy football. 
Yeah. So thanks, Ray. He did like, he did, like <laughs> I really appreciate it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, and we call it also like the, the gut calls because we really feel like that's what it is. Like it's, And that's why women's intuition we always talk about too, where we're like, I mean, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I think this guy's going to be. Because sometimes you're right. Like with the Patriots, who knows? The Jets? No. Who knows? You know, you know you're starting Goskowski. <laughs> you're right. right. Exactly. That we know. Gold. Yeah, fantasy gold. And you're avoiding the Patriots defense as much as you can. Absolutely. They're not as bad as the Denver defense. Well, mm. that's true, too. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jay. Where can we find you, follow you? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at The Real Pod Vader, and you can always download any of my podcasts at ESPN.com slash PodCenter. They're all great. He has no favorites. No. None at all. Football today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jay. Yeah. Appreciate it. Anytime. Well, that was fun. We're going to start getting into some real fantasy football 2013 uh, recaps here. Da, 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 da. Biggest surprises. Ashley. All right. Here we go on my soapbox here. My biggest surprise of the year has got to be Ryan Matthews. Because I hate him. I hate him. I've hated him for years. Mm. And then he comes in all great this year. And I feel like it's like a match job all over again where now everyone's got a player that you refuse to pick up again. And Ryan Matthews is that guy. But like halfway through the season, you had to be like, you know what? He's legit. You got to play him. You got to play Ryan Matthews. And you know what? Congrats to you, Ryan Matthews. I'm glad you're back on board and that you're playing well. I agree. I remember at the beginning of the season, we're like, "Um, you need to break up with Matthews right now. Don't start dating him. It's always a bad choice. You always end up going home with something. Don't do it. Don't do it. But I oh, no. no. turned it around, man. No. He gave us a good ride this, this year. Yeah, so I did. I like it. Brandon? That's what she said. <laughs> you know, I would say the biggest surprise or one of the things that I followed was that QB Bears situation that was just bananas. McCown, yeah. born in 1979, 33, if uh, you're into math. Um, he came in and just rocked it. And I actually used him in my he league for numerous weeks. And he was one of the top five guys every week he played, except for the one week where it was terrible weather. Um, and then what did they do? They decided to start Cutler to lose a couple games, not get into the playoffs, and then pay him $54 million for three years. He's doing something right somewhere to continue to get these deals. He has friends in places I've never heard of. And I don't want to know about, really, to be honest. Reminds me of Garth Brooks' Tron. I got friends in low places. You know what I'm talking about? Thank you, Ashley. (laughs) But it would be the opposite. It would be like, I have friends in high places. Yeah. I was going to my lower register on that one. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was really yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, my biggest surprise this year is the Kansas City Chiefs, period. All of them. All of them. I mean, let's just start off with the negative first. Dwayne Bell. Yeah. Uh, sorry, if you Ugly. drafted him early because that was ugh, a hot mess for the beginning of the season for sure. Um, but that's it. The rest is really positive. The defense, I Great. mean tore it up and most people picked them off the waiver wires you know and they like really helped your team uh jamar charles anyone yeah no because that was more expected we did know that one but i mean no one i don't think could expect 51 fantasy points in a single game yeah that's bananas amazing and then a really nice surprise was alex smith i mean not necessarily fantasy-wise, but NFL-wise, he—I mean, fantasy-wise, he did—he did very well too. But uh, 
he was just really good. He helped that team get into the playoffs. Sorry, you lost, Chiefs. Um, well, I'm actually okay <laughs> with it, but um, Sorry. I'm just happy you got there. I mean, the Denver Broncos had the easiest schedule because of their division, and look at who made the playoffs. San Diego, Kansas City Chiefs. And the Denver Broncos. So, hey, I love that. AFC West, figure. Absolutely, absolutely. And you guys, also real fast, thank you so much for getting us here to the New Media Expo. We've met so many people, made some serious connections. We're having so much fun. It's been great. So thank you. Thank you to all of our friends out there that got us here. We really appreciate it. It's been a blast. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to slide into some positions here and talk to you about the top in each position and uh, who stood out for us. So quarterbacks-wise, I'm just going to go ahead and like list the rankings for the positions, and then we'll kind of go into each who we'd pick on yeah. that one. So as far as the quarterbacks, we'll just do top five. Peyton Manning. No surprise. Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, and Andy Dalton. Andy That's Dalton. Awesome. Yeah, well, um, the guy that I want to talk about is not on that list because he's 10th overall, and that would be Tony Romo. I'm over it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm making, just now over it. I'm, I'm making an official call for actually the 2014 season that I am over it. Uh, Listen, he had that amazing game against the Broncos where he threw for 506 yards and five touchdowns and got over 40 fantasy points. Okay, he never went over 21 points again all season. And then three times he had 20 points, like, exactly. And then six times he was under 15. That's not even, like, top 25 caliber. So... Listen, and then he was one game out where he was hurt. Now, of course, you can't get mad at someone for being hurt. That's a thing. But I I just can't trust that. And you know what? I was someone that had him in my championship game, and then I had to play Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I got angry because he got four points. So I blame everybody, but especially <laughs> Romo and Jerry Jones because that's what we do on this podcast. Well, yeah. That's <laughs> Absolutely. <a> good <laughs> Absolutely. I think for me it would be Nick Foles who also did not fall into the top five. But you have to remember that he didn't even play four games of the year. I mean, he was not the starter at the beginning of the year, and he didn't play one of the games in the middle of the season. But he had the eighth most touchdowns, and he was ranked 11th overall, and that's with not playing a quarter of the season. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, and he's got such a huge offensive powerhouse behind him. He's got LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson. He and Riley Cooper had this, like, crazy chemistry all year. I mean, they just have a lot of offensive tools to use and I think that especially with an offseason and him actually being you know finally named the starting quarterback that I think he could have a really really solid season next year I agree I like a fools you know who also I like and I divorced at the beginning of the season yeah you did you took the house. You took the car. I, I did. I <laughs> totally took everything. Divorced. I still only am making him pay me alimony. Um... <laughs> Is Mr. Philip Rivers. Yep. Crybaby Rivers. Ugh. It's really weird, you know, like we got divorced and now like we're kinda like steady dating. Kinda missed him. I kinda missed him. I really missed him. Actually a few games when I had Matthew Stafford just fall apart. Um yeah, I'm like uh I'm actually excited to, to try to draft Philip Rivers next year. So you're, t- you're telling me you're going to try to make it work for the kids? 
I am. I'm going to try to make it work, work for, for the kids. kids. All right. right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually really excited about Mr. Rivers and I getting back together. So... That's where, that's that's my quarterback surprise. I think a lot of us are shocked in general about San Diego. So, uh, yeah, I like Mr. Phillips. Running backs. Ooh, running Ooh. backs. Top five running backs, Ashley. Top five. Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy, Matt Forte, Marshawn Lynch, and Sean Marino. Sean. Um, I'll tell you who... You're not gonna you're not gonna draft next year, um, and it's teams. It's not people. It's teams. Um, first of all, the Saints. Do not mm. draft any of those running backs mm. in the top at all. I mean, running back by committee, and um, just like that is like in the dictionary. There's the Saints picture. I mean, it's bad. Do not do it. Yeah. Right next to that is the Miami Dolphins. I mean, Lamar Miller, everyone was so excited about him. Oh, divorce. Divorce. <laughs> At minimum, you're separated. Yeah, and I don't even want money from him because I want to have nothing yeah. to do with him. Clean break. Yep, clean break. <laughs> um, and the Ravens. I mean, they're just kind of a hot mess. You know, it's just ooh, Ray Rice. Oh, mm. It's just sad. That one's actually just kind of sad. Um, <laughs> sad. It is. It's sad. It's kind of depressing. This one is a little much for me to even talk about. So unless something crazy happens in the draft, people, uh, I would stay away from those three teams next year. We know who you're not staying away from is LaShawn McCoy, Courtney. Oof. He's a no-brainer, so we're not even going to really talk about it, because if you don't know, you should be drafting LaShawn McCoy. Again, you should not be playing fantasy football. But what <laughs> we can talk about is Eddie Lacy the Green Bay Packers. So he actually was ranked sixth of all the running backs. He had the third most touchdowns. He had eighth most yards, fifth most attempts. And this is all without having a quarterback majority this season. And so when, when that happens, what everybody knows they're just going to be given the rock to Eddie Lacy. And so you can be able to prepare more of a defense in that situation because you're not going to have some thor- you know quarterback throw into a receiver. You know, I'm sure Jordy Nelson is not thrilled about that. But that's the case. So when, you, when we've got now Aaron Rodgers coming back, we're going to have a little bit more of an equal offense. So, the, you know, Eddie Lacy is going to be able to free up, catch a couple more holes, and we're going to be in a lot better position than we were. So the fact that he's in six with no quarterback means that he could be killing it next year when he actually has Aaron Rodgers back. It's a fabulous name, too, Eddie. Eddie Lacy. I know, right? Eddie. Eddie. Mm, hello, Ed. Mr. Lacy. I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. Yeah, well, and I'm going to give us our first sleeper of the year, and I'm going to talk about Edwin Baker of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Now, you're saying, <laughs> why would I draft anyone on the Browns? That's the yeah. Cleveland Browns you're yeah. discussing, and that's sad. And it is, and it's unfortunate. But he only played in two games, and he had over 13 fantasy points in each of those outings. And, and he had a touchdown in each of those games. Yeah. And that is one thing that they do, is that they use their running backs at the goal line, and their other running backs were terrible. I don't know if anyone watched the Browns this season Okay, you did yeah, not watch the Browns watch this season. I mean, <laughs> but they they were not good. Just got Gordon's stats at the end. Right? It wasn't good. And anyway, so this is only his second year. He kind of was one of those journeymen. Like, he was on, like, the Chargers and the Broncos and the Texans last year. And then he came to the Browns. And let me tell you, hey, not bad. Other one, Le'Veon Bell. He's not really a sleeper, but he's the 15th overall running back on the season. And he was out for three whole weeks. Yeah. Before the bye. Like, he's the real deal. They love him there. And um, I and can't wait to take him And the Steelers were, like, imploding the first part of the season, too, which did help. They him. needed him. Yeah, they needed him badly. Yeah. So once he came back, they started winning. And it's it's unfortunate that, you know, they didn't have him earlier. But I like him. I like him. 
I like that, Brandon. Thank you. Wide receivers. Interesting category. It is an interesting category. Um, so as far as who the top wide receivers are, let me get to that. We've got... That's not right. Um, they keep running to Brandon. Kickers. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Gordon, Demarius Thomas, Calvin Johnson, A.J. Green, and Mr. Brandon Marshall. All right, really not that shocking. This is joking. That's not that interesting, actually. Mm, Nothing interesting. No, all, no. all predicted. <laughs> all pretty much predicted. Yep. Well, my pick of the year is it's a little interesting. Is Alshon Jeffrey. So he's not in the top five, clearly. He was ninth ranked overall. He had the six most yards, and he was 11th in targets. But what's really going to be interesting about Alshon Jeffrey is that a lot of his production came when McCown was in versus mm-hmm. Cutler. So it was kind of a really odd season because it's it, – and it's going to be hard to predict, kind of like Jay says, you got to look historically. And you're really going to have a hard time looking at the season next year, historically how Alshon Jeffrey's going to do, because Cutler wasn't in, and now we've signed Cutler. So, I mean, what, what can we expect from him? Because we all know that Cutler loves Brandon Marshall. So Loves. Love, loves. Loves. Like bromance. Like they're in love. Kind of not healthy. It's been unhealthy for a while. It's, <laughs> it's, it has been. Um, but I feel like Alshon Jeffrey's kind of like the other woman almost, just making him realize that maybe yeah. his relationship isn't super healthy. Right. But he always goes home. He always goes home. He's not going to leave his wife. He's not going to leave his wife. For He's her. not leaving his wife. They never do. No. <laughs> but maybe Alshon Jeffrey is going to get a little more love this season. So yeah. I think he's someone to definitely keep an eye on. Either way, ninth range, you, you know, you, you're obviously picking him up. Right. Uh, yeah, and fast. Fast. He's going to go fast. Yeah. And you know who else is going to go fast? The number one wide receiver of the year, Josh Gordon. Um, okay, I want to I point this out again. I'm going to repeat it because it's this important. He was the number one wide receiver of the year, and he was out for two games being suspended. Yeah. You guys, yeah. it's crazy. He is, he is my guy next year because, A, he's quarterback-proof. He could. He literally it didn't matter who the quarterback was. No. He was getting twenty plus points, and he's matchup proof. It didn't matter who the defense was. He was getting twenty plus points, and he's Browns proof, which is <laughs> that's, that's the, the most important part. He's Browns proof, <laughs> and I'm into that. So if he's not on the Browns and has a decent quarterback, imagine the magic, people. Imagine the magic. Magic. And I'm going to talk about somebody who didn't play this year because <laughs> I know because I drafted him early is Mr. Julio Jones. Julio! Julio! Great name. Um, we love you, Julio! Don't forget about the injury people, guys. That's, I mean, I'm just telling you right now, I think a lot of people are like, oh, Julio who? <laughs> they just started fantasy this year. No, you are going to draft Mr. Julio Jones. I mean, the odds of him getting injured again <laughs> can't be that high, right? He's young. He's year. young. He's healthy. Yeah. He's sexy. I love drafting sexy man. men on my teams. But I'll draft you if you're unattractive, if you're still good. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Andrew yeah. Luck. He's yeah. a fan. Hi, Andrew Luck. <laughs> <laughs> he was my quarterback. Uh, he's, a, he's a fantasy husband, and uh, Ashley hopes he'll be her husband as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so we're definitely keep an eye on that, people. There's people that are going to be playing next year that weren't playing this year. Uh, don't forget about that. He's an amazing receiver. He's out. And when you're looking at stats, yeah, like Corey says, don't forget about him because yeah. he's going to be great. And we got the tied ends. Ooh, top five tied ends. This mm. one also, not so much of a surprise. <laughs> not so much. No. And in fact, if you didn't have a top five tight end, you know. 
Oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> you cried <laughs> yes, all the you way did. home. Because there weren't many options. There were no uh, other options. Your top five were Jimmy Graham, Vernon Davis, Julius Thomas, Tony Gonzalez, and Jason Witten. I'm mm. I'm happy Witten made the cut. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised. Witten. I think that last game. I'm surprised game Tony Gonzalez and Witten made the cut. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's how bad tight ends were this year. Mm. Mm, yes. Mm. You know, Julius Thomas, I spoke about him in preseason. I said, keep an eye on this guy. He is legit. What happened? He blew up, people. Courtney's he, best call of the season. Best call of the season. And she had a lot of them. I did. I'm actually really good at my job. Um, yeah, he is great. And he's going to be going fast. So definitely, as we all learned, tight ends are important for your extra eight points. And if you don't have one of the top tight ends, you're going to get two points if you're lucky. Yeah, so um, (laughs) Julius is one of those guys that can get you points, and a lot of points. He did very well this year. I'm super proud of him as a Bronco fan. So uh, love you. And he's got great apparel now with the orange Julius T-shirts. And you get a free orange Julius drink at the grocery stores if he catches a touchdown. Brilliant. So, I mean, Brilliant really, marketing. in general, he's just awesome. So We were talking about orange Julius t-shirts week one. Week one. I think we should get a commission on that, right? Absolutely. That's why we're here, is to learn about that, I'm right? I'm pretty sure it's our idea. That's good. Uh, you know, and here's the thing about so we're sitting here talking about how desperate tight end was, which, by the way, I had Witten, and it shocks me that he's number five. I had Gonzalez. I'm shocked he was four. Yeah, but I guess that's how bad it is. Yeah. And you know that if you had Fleener, which I also had in another Ugh. league, where I'd be lucky if he got one point sometimes. He would literally zero out. Fleener. Unbelievable. Um, but, you know, Jimmy Graham is obviously the number one tight end but I want to I want to point out how important he is a I think next year people are going to be saying we need to draft Jimmy Graham round one like the absolute first pick of the draft Uh, and then I want you to know that he scored 211 fantasy points standard scoring not in PPR that would even be crazier by the way because he had 86 receptions <laughs> so add 86 and to that. He didn't even look that good doing it this year. No, no, this was his down year. And just to <laughs> let you know, how bad tight ends were. <laughs> I mean, he looked crappy being the number one tight end. It was unbelievable because the number two tight end was Vernon Davis, and he only had 156 Ugh. fantasy points. And trust me, it goes way down from there. We're talking down to like 70 points, like by like pick 10. So, listen, I think you should. He's a fantasy husband, like definition of because you should base your whole team around him he should be your number one pick because you will be at such an advantage because everyone else's tight ends are so bad unless you have julius thomas or who ashley will discuss but other than that you out of luck yeah i'm gonna talk about vernon davis because again it's a dire situation but (laughs) it's dire (laughs) it's dire everyone was desperate for a tight end this year i mean here's the thing is that vernon davis was second in touchdowns you know, but only 13th in targets and six most in yards. So here's our situation with Vernon Davis. So we got, you know, Colin Kaepernick. And it was, a, it was we all remember, kind of odd in the beginning of the season where he wasn't really getting thrown to all that much. Then they mm-hmm. kind of created a little bit more of a chemistry. But now we got Crabtree back. So it's what's going to happen there. And he could be huge. He could be maybe even surpass, you know, the golden boy. 
Jimmy Graham if Colin Kaepernick actually targeted him a bit more. So I think what you really need to pay attention to Vernon Davis is kind of to the offseason and to really kind of see what kind of synergy they have, what kind of, you know, chemistry is going on there to see if he's actually going to get more targets. Because if he's only 13th in targets and second yeah. overall in fantasy points for tight end, just imagine if he even was in the top 10 on targets, top 8 on targets, how much points he could get. So that's my, that's my little soapbox plug on Vernon Davis. Do you think he'll get less points, though, if Crabtree's in all year next year? Because Kaepernick loves Michael Crabtree. He does love Michael Crabtree. I think it's going to open him up. I think, I, yeah. I think it's going to open him up more. I think the two of them are going to be really strong together, and I think it's going to be actually a really good combo. Yeah, because I think, actually, as terrible as it is, I think with Crabtree being out, it's kind of the best thing for the 49ers because it forced Kaepernick to target somebody else. He couldn't. He didn't have a safety blanket of Michael Crabtree. So, like, Cornish, I think it's going to open it up. I mean, he, obviously, Crabtree's going to get some of those balls, but I think you're not going to be double-teaming Vernon Davis the way you were when you got Crabtree on the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, kickers, you, you are people too. And then the fantasy world, you actually won a few games for some people. Justin Tucker, thank you. I love you, Stephen Hauschka. <laughs> um, the next week we definely got divorced, but that, that, that 23 point week, I mean, you and I both did very well in fantasy, Tucker, so I appreciate it. Thank you. But the number one kicker was. Stephen Goskowski. Hello. Oh, hello. Where's the pod Vader? We're going to tell him that. Snuck back out there. Number I mean, one. We're number one. Yeah. We like to believe you guys are still people on this podcast. So we like to talk about you. Absolutely. But now we're done talking about you. We're going to move on. Well, we'll give the, <laughs> let's list the top ten. We'll give the top ten kickers. Oh, top that's five. Nice. Yeah. yeah sure, top five. Let's do top, top five. five. <laughs> got Stephen Goskowski, Matt Prater, your boy Justin Tucker, mm-hmm. your boy Stephen Hauschka. My boy. And Adam Vinatieri. I like the oldie of the goodie snuck in there. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, nice. nice. Vintage. You know and congratulations, Prater. Uh, yeah. Longest breaking record. Kick, breaking records. Denver Broncos breaking records. Um, slow clap. Uh, yep. Slow clap. We're doing it. Everybody out here is clapping. Um, <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Everybody. Um, yeah. You no, know, it's it's crazy. Kickers kickers do matter. <laughs> but kickers are consistent points. They're not like your tight ends that could zero out on you. Like, your kicker, for the most part, is always going to get you points. And like Courtney said, there were situations where you depended on those 10 points from your kicker every week. Every yeah. week. Unless it's the snowopocalypse. How did they say that word? Snowocalypse. Snowocalypse? Snowcopolis? <laughs> I don't know. I always saw you to the aqualocalypse I... in, in Denver. <laughs> We're in Vegas. I can't talk. Rains. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And kickers, thank you. Defenses, though. Defenses, yeah. They had a big year, too. So our top defenses were the Seattle Seahawks, Mm. the Panthers, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Cardinals. Very nice. Thank you, Arizona Cardinals, for coming out and playing. Yeah. Uh, I had the Cardinals and the Bengals, the two leagues. Absolutely. And for being in Seattle. Thank you. I mean, I think all of us were a little happy. At home. I think Hmm. we're all a little happy about that still. I think we're just kind of rejoicing. So... Mm-hmm. Maybe we should throw a Cardinals party for being the greatest upset of the year of 2013. So big, big game, big game, big game, big game. We'll drink Bloody Marys. Perfect. I don't know why that <laughs> seems appropriate, but it seemed appropriate. Spicy, spicy. 2013 was a great year. It really was a fun year for fantasy football, and uh, we just want to talk about a few moments of fantasy. And uh, you know, Brandon, what about what's your most memorable moment in 2013? Well, uh, I am now 
a four-time fantasy champion. Is that right? Ooh. I think so. I think it was three before, now I'm fourth. Um, because I won my championship, and uh, it was my first time having to play in week 17. Ouch. Ouch. But thank goodness I had Matt Forte, who is my other fantasy husband. He got me 33 points in that last game, took me over the top. It was amazing, and it was a great capper of the year because he was awesome all year, people. All year. All year. Thank you, Matt Forte. Court? You know, Peyton Manning. I mean, I mean, it wasn't like a surprise, but it was definitely memorable. I mean, he broke some records. You know, most total yards. Almost didn't yeah. get that one. It was like, close. you know, it was controversial. Close. Yeah. Very controversial, mm. but he got it. And 51 touchdowns. 51 touchdowns. That is awesome. I mean, he is just a monster. Yeah. And I like how people are just like, well, you know, if you look at it, all the stats put together, he, you know, it was just an okay year. Okay, well, that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'm sure he's taking that okay year to the bank right now because he did amazing. And the Broncos in general, you know, they scored the most points. So yeah. I, I just think that it's just really awesome to be a part of a team that has having so much success. So I hope it carries on through the playoffs. I think for me, my favorite moments was when the Colts kicker, Pat McAfee, like took out Trendon Holiday. I mean, people were like, that punter's on roids. He was a beast just like taking people out, which was crazy. And the other crazy one was Joseph Vario, the Detroit Lions, his second touchdown ever, he did the bye-bye-bye dance, but Jimmy Fallon had posed out as a threat. Mm, Jimmy Fallon actually still paid ten thousand dollars to the make-a-wish foundation which was awesome and it was just really fun to see them having fun and kind of connecting culture with football and it was just it was just a great moment absolutely i mean Fourier in general was just such a nice little joy every touchdown he got which he didn't get very many uh probably more than he did yards um he uh you know he just had a lot of fun, and it, it made other players have a lot of fun. So it's just it was like it was a good year for entertainment in the end zone. So I can appreciate that. Um, again, thank you everybody for getting us here to the NMX uh, here in Las Vegas. It's it's been great. We've met a lot of people. Hopefully, we're gonna blow up and uh, blow up, blow up, blow up, and be better at getting you guys stats, fantasy husbands, and you know. And the like. And the like. Everything you need. So we appreciate it from Her Fantasy Football. Follow us at Her Fantasy FB. And ladies, no more faking it. <laughs>